This is the first podcast of what I hope will be many from the uh, Na- uh, National Debate Coaches Association, NDCA, which is debatecoaches.org. And also, if you're following us on Twitter, it is at um, Debate Coaches. And if you like what you hear tonight, I uh, hope that you will, if you're not a member, join up. And if you are a member, um, get some other members to join up. I am here tonight with um, Adam Torson. Adam, are you there? Hello, everybody. I am indeed here. Okay. And I am a lifetime member, personally. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm impressed. I'm oh, yeah. Because I'm like a, I'm oh, a cheapskate. Yeah. I'm like a what, every year member. So I'm lifetime member. That's actually uh, quite a bargain if, uh, for li- being a lifetime member. Uh, so I recommend everybody become lifetime members. Uh, no, everybody should just pay every year because we make more money that way. And, uh, Perfect. For those who don't yes, know what the NDCA what is for. like, I mean, the whole point of the organization is to support coaches, um, to provide education for coaches, and uh, to provide a tournament that is run according to however coaches want us to run the tournament. And we have a website, as I said, and you can find out all about us there. Anyhow, tonight what we wanted to do was talk about the proposed Lincoln-Douglas resolutions for the 2014-15 season. Voting begins, what, I think August 1st, right? Um, I think that's right. Yeah, it goes on for a while, but it it starts soon. And uh, you may have opinions, but I I always think it's good if you hear other people's opinions, um, what the resolutions, you know, what we think the resolutions are. When you come to vote, you know, you'll have some more opinions of what may or may not be a good topic. So I'm just going to dive right in. This is the list right off of the uh, NSDA website. And the first one there is Adolescents ought to have the right to make autonomous medical choices. I know how I Indeed. feel about this. How do you feel I do about too. This? I the first thing that the first thing that comes to mind is I doubt that it will ever get picked because it seems on its face primarily like an abortion topic and I will eat my hat if we end up selecting said topic. <laughs> um, I it's also a strangely overbroad topic. I mean, in, because it's the situ the circumstances are so particular, right? Some adolescents, right, a twelve-year-old or a you mm-hmm. know a six-year-old can't make autonomous medical choices, but you know maybe a you know a pregnant seventeen-year-old maybe could, you know. So I don't. I think it's both overbroad, and I, I just doubt it'll ever get picked. Yeah, I mean, I frankly, I mean, my first reaction was it was sort of silly. Um, because yeah. and then when it okay then I finally dawned on me after a while that I won't go as far I mean it's just yeah you know, uh, reproductive issues uh, you know just control over whether you can go you know to the doctor to get um, you know uh, birth contraceptives control. or yeah. abortion yeah. stuff like that which doesn't seem like a one a great topic to argue about and then I started thinking what really is about abortion as much as anything else I mean if you're really going to get into it but it's only about those right. things and those are just not terribly debatable issues. T- yeah. I mean, they're tough. It's going to be one of those topics where, you know, certain areas can't debate it and they're, mm-hmm. you know, you're fighting strong judge biases and, you know, maybe that's not the end of the world, but it just seems like it puts a lot of people in a position where it's tough to uh, debate. 
Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see that uh, that this one had made the cut. I mean, I did see, you might have seen that, too. There was a lot longer list before they got down to the 10 that was floating around, and they were soliciting some opinions. Um, it's funny, when you see the uncut, the raw list, and there are some really real stinkers on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get down to this, well, and this is a pretty good list, but this one uh, surprised me because it's just, like I said, it's really broad. I mean, you know, it's like and on its broadest level, no, if I have a teenager and I'm their parent, I'm going to make the choices, except, I mean, yeah, maybe they, well, maybe, probably, indeed, they should have the right to make their own sexual choices, even, you know, at a young age, but that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. there's no, that's right. You know, nothing, nothing all the debatable there. points are uninteresting and all the interesting points are undebatable. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's, it's, I mean, I've, I mean, I guess in broad strokes, it is interesting that in some senses it's a truism in that, like, uh, we wouldn't want, it depends on autonomous from whom, right? We wouldn't want uh, the government making, for example, a lot of de- medical decisions for adolescents. But, I mean, I guess presumptively it means autonomous from parents, right? Yeah. So they're, they're in line. Yeah, I mean, that's difficult. the people who have control. Okay, we, I think, well, that was easy, you know? Okay, people don't <laughs> vote for that. No, no, you vote for whatever you want yeah. to. Just don't vote for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, unless somebody sees some. Uh, by the way, I'm going to post this on our blog there and people do listen and have comments and want to disagree and argue uh, feel free and also I just want to mention this now if you want to participate in future um, podcasts let me know I had a couple people that dropped out tonight unfortunately I'd like to have as many people as we can uh, contributing over time anyhow the next uh, resolution unfortunately I I hate to say this we seem to be starting on a downer Historic <laughs> preservation is a legitimate constraint on property rights. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I know that uh, John Cruz was uh, a big fan of this topic as it was going through. My, my first instinct, and I haven't dug into the topic really, so I don't want to say this definitively, is just it seems boring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't find property rights topics overly interesting. We did... Uh, Eminent domain a few years ago was sort of the same universe. Well. Uh, some people liked it, some didn't. It doesn't seem overly interesting to me, but I get the I get the I get the conflict area. It's one we haven't done before. Uh, I can appreciate it as sort of a proxy for the idea of social and cultural interests versus individual rights. Um, so I don't know. I'm on the fence. I guess I would like to see if there's how great the literature is on it. I remember talking to the committee at nationals and they seem to indicate that there are some folks writing on this. Um, it would surprise me if most of it, if there, I would guess that a lot of the literature is legal and sort of densely legal, which is not always a recipe for, you know, uh, debaters being able to dig in very, uh, you know, very meaningfully, but I don't, I, you know, I, I could be convinced of it, but it wouldn't be the top of my, it won't be the top of my ballot. That's yeah, for sure. I, I remember, I mean, I was, I mean, lately I don't do that much Lincoln Douglas, um, I'm doing more mm-hmm. PF, but I mean, I was very active and judged a lot of rounds back in the property rights. I remember a topic and eminent domain topic. And I remember there had just been a Supreme Court case. And so it was on everybody's mind, but it was broader. I mean, there's something about this which is so specific to this historic preservation idea um, that, 
I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, I mean, it, it, it's 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 interesting, but I think it may be more interesting for dinner conversation than yeah. for you know two months of of debates. I don't know where. Yeah, it goes. I agree that. And just historic preservation. I'm normally a fan of topics being narrow, but this seems quite almost overly narrow because I could imagine a more interesting debate for two months on. Uh, the types of things that could constrain property rights, you know, because they do it for, you know, aesthetic sensibilities and historic preservation and, uh, you know, economic development and those sorts of things. So maybe a broader wording could, could happen for longer, but I guess, I don't know, every state has a historical society and, you know, they're, you know, preventing this construction here, or, you know, stopping you from developing this property next door because it's going to cast a shadow and preventing you from tearing down this building. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly something that people in the real world get exercised about. Yeah, but it, so it has it, that going for it's it. It's also maybe just an urban topic, too. I mean, certainly a big topic in New York City. Uh, it's not much of a yeah. topic out here in the suburbs. You know, so. I, rem- I, I, I remember that issue, that specific issue being discussed. Um, I, I, my recollection is that the committee said, no, they found literature from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, my, my instinct is the, is, is the same. Um, I guess, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know what. And you know, everywhere has got their sort of local landmarks, I guess, that could be the appropriate domain of historic preservation. But... I hear about it mostly. I, I would think that most literature, anyway, would be produced about like Grand Central Station, all those, mm-hmm. all those issues in, in the in cities. Yeah, I mean, interesting enough, but I just can't see it um, as a real no. topic. Nor can I see. It. This is this is maybe a uh, an ancillary consideration because kids don't know very much about it yet. But I also have a hard time seeing people just getting excited about it. Oh, good, mm-hmm. you know, historical preservation and property rights. That's you know, I can't wait to you know, talk about that until, you know, uh, May or, you know, depending on what topic it's on. So, I don't know. It just seems boring to me. I've lost you. Hello? Ah, there you are. Or there you're not. Test, test. I... Oops. <laughs> I got you? you now. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh. That's all right. Yeah, we lost sorry. it for a second. That's no big deal. Timed out there. Uh, all righty. <laughs> yeah, I just finished. I was just saying, anyway, it just seems boring to me. Kids are going to get excited ground. about it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, well, the next one is inaction in the face of injustice makes individuals, that's three words that start with in. They're very poetic. Inaction <laughs> in the face of injustice yeah. makes individuals morally, and unfortunately the next word doesn't start with an in, morally culpable and i will say that this strikes me as the nationals topic it strikes me as a 1994 topic (laughs) well i think it was the uh it was the topic in two in i think it was the topic in either 2000 no i think it was in 2000 maybe okay i never was the nationals topic yeah maybe i vaguely remember prepping somebody for this or not i don't know i mean i know it comes around i mean it is it is so old i actually love the old-fashioned topics but i don't (laughs) think they make much sense for anything other than nationals or or yeah i mean i think that's probably right i mean there are some places i think where uh ld is still stylistically suited to address these questions i just think that the answer 
to any overly broad topic is it depends, mm. which raises it raises all kinds of in in traditional debate where or in in more sort of classic LD where you don't get to define very definitely the scope of the affirmative advocacy because God forbid you have a plan or anything resembling it, then the the negative is always just going to be. Uh, you know, counter warrants. What about this situation? What about this situation? What about this situation? Uh, and so it's hard to develop the appropriate clash because there's just not an, an all the time answer to this kind yeah. of a resolution. Yeah, they are all over the place. That's why one round of debates would be more than enough on it. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, it does sort of force. See, what I like about it is it does force people to think about the basic questions that I always think are the most interesting questions um, of philosophy and ethics for, you know, just starting out in one's travels and studying philosophy. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. but, you know, and so. But, I agree. I mean, I like the underlying moral question. I mean, it's certainly a good one to think about, you know, to what extent are, are to what extent are you obliged to sacrifice your own well-being for the sake of other people? You know, you run, you know, do you have the obligation to stop the mugging on the street? Um, sort of a thing, but it's everything from the mugging on the street to, am I presently, you know, failing to act in the face of injustice because there are people starving in the world and I'm not doing anything at this moment to see that they're not starving in the future. Peter Singer. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Woohoo. Um, so I do like, I mean, it, it's, I like that it's a topic that I think novices can get their heads around very easily. Yeah, it's a very there good, are lots to- novice of good, topic. Yeah. yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are good conflict areas that are very intuitive and meaty on both sides. Um, it just seems like w- when the rubber meets the road, um, in more, at, at more advanced levels, it, it becomes less and less debatable. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, sometimes there's just some, a great topic for novices, that's terrible for everybody else and vice versa. Yeah. That, I, right. <laughs> the whole thing, I mean, we, we developed our novice topic, which is the civil disobedience topic. The year that we had yeah. the trolley problem was the September, October. I forget what the actual wording was, <laughs> yeah. but it was all about the trolley. Yeah. And right. it was just, I mean, novices, by the time novices understood what you were, I mean, it was hard enough for anybody with a philosophical, you know, training to get their heads around the, the complexities of, of, of the moral choices, much less the 13 year old who just stumbled into debate for the first time. Yeah. And they have to learn this, you know? Right. So, uh, but on the right. other hand, this one is a good one for that because it, you know, you, you're talking about individuals, you're talking about, um, you know, basic more morality um, makes it interesting, but right. you know, right. I, I, it certainly would. <laughs> another advantage of it is, I mean, if in a world where the where the AF gets to define its advocacy pretty specifically, it's got to give the AF a huge advantage because you know I mean, it, it's not difficult to find scenarios where we would obviously lean AF. Yeah. So I mean, there's that I guess if you're super interested in combating neg bias, maybe it's a good topic to vote for. Well, I don't know. I I, I can see it coming, but I can't see. I would see it at the end of the year. If people are yeah. going to vote for it all, at all, I would imagine they would take that kind of thinking, especially once we've taken out. We don't have a novice problem anymore because we already have. Right. Now we have a September, October topic. It's always the same. Yeah. We have that. We don't have to think about that. So they're not going to save it for next September, October. Uh, well, you know. that's interesting. I, I wonder about that. I'll be curious to see how many people adopt the novice topic as a separate mm. thing. I don't, it wasn't a thing this year on the West coast, at least in the tournaments mm. I attended. 
um, we had the novices pre- do, on on the topic that everybody else was doing. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I know that was big because you guys did it in your league before the NSDA. Did yeah, it right. I mean, there was yeah. a part. I mean, the whole novice topic thing was. I mean, like I said, it was predicated on a bad um, topic, but also, I mean, there was a lot of. I mean, I did a lot. It was it was like the Godfather. I mean, I had to get all the five families together, you know, and we had to like, and I had to, because everybody said, well, you're going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be, you know, all this. And the thing is, once you got into the groove, it's great, because that means your varsity is always training your newcomers on something that they've debated themselves, and they know, and it's like every year is the same. So after a while, the rhythm is great. And your parents can help, and the judges know the thing. Yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see uh, the case for it, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, it's worked for us, and it's just, you know, we're we're in it now. So, I, yeah. It, it, but I, like I said, I remember the resistance, um, the various resistances to it, just because people are saying, "Oh, now I'm going to have two topics at the same tournament," and you know, I'm saying, "What? Well, I got a tournament. I got PF. I got LD. I got a public. Front, I got, you know, I got the policy. I got plenty of topics going on at the same tournament. Right. The idea right, that right. somebody's going to judge um, a different topic and, and at the same tournament." And I said, well, right. you know, if I were judging uh, extemp, I'd be judging a different yeah. topic every 10 minutes. You know, so, yeah. you know, these are not that big a deal. But, you know, we got right. into it. In the first year, yeah. I suppose it's a lot of work with prep to prep two topics. But then after that, you've got the, you know, you've mm-hmm. got the prep forever. Yeah. So that's the other thing. you got your prep. So you're, you know, if you're teaching it, uh, you know, you're, you're, just, you're just rolling off a log in the future. Plus, it's a good topic because for starting people so you have it all set and you add to it every year you get some new insights and you know it yeah. just works well anyhow um moving on to the next one um okay <laughs> excuse me uh just governments ought to ensure food security for their citizens what do you think about that one uh, i like this topic quite a bit uh it's the topic we're that uh, we're currently doing at vbi mm-hmm. um I think it's I, you know, I like that it's a good balance. There's sort of a, there's sort of, regardless of the style in which you want to debate, I think there's decent ground on all sides. Um, there's lots of good sort of practical implementation-based policy-esque uh, components to this. How do we implement it? Who's the, you know. What agency does this? What you know? What does food security mean in the international arena, et cetera? And then there's also lots of sort of the philosophical positive rights versus negative rights uh, stuff. There's both domestic and international components because there's a sense in which there are lots of Americans that are food insecure, but then there's of course uh, that term's use in a, in the global context. So this is one of my f- favorite topics on the list. Yeah, I th- I, I mean my thing about these. Uh, just in a general sense is, I mean, what government ought to do, I mean, we, we usually, you know, again, going back to the olden days, we're brought up government protects rights, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But in the real world, what is the government supposed to do? I mean, and, and how right. far should they go? And this kind of topic really addresses that question. I mean, is this a government, should a government do this? I mean, this is just one way of looking at it, of course, but to me, a very important way. So it's good, it's good, it's good thinking for one's own political development as, as, as yeah. a citizen is to think about this kind of question. That's what I, right. I like a topic that forces me actually to think about something that means something. <laughs> it's actually yeah i agree something. with that and and i think too that we have too few topics now where we really get to delve political theory it seems mm-hmm. like we um you know uh, at least circuit ld has be, 
when some when when you see a framework debate in circuit LD, it's very much about um, moral, you know, normative moral theory and sometimes meta ethics. Uh, you don't get quite as much of the old, you know, uh, whether you know, the oldest is, you know, Locke and Hobbes or, mm-hmm. or if you're talking about, you know, we used to have debates about the welfare state and, you know, really get into the nitty gritty of Rawls and Nozick and stuff like that. And I think that this topic really implicates those political theory questions that are still really pressing. I mean, in the wake of, in the wake of the recession, how can we not be talking about this more? You know? I would say, by the uh, way, the, the next topic is just governments ought to require that employers pay a living wage. And right. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. You know, I think yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's the same you know. thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where um, this it is interesting to just to sort of compare these two topics because the agent in both of them is just governments, which is good mm-hmm. and bad. Uh, it produces a sort of this sort of odd world where, it, you know, maybe circumstances are different. Maybe some government should make food security a right and others shouldn't or something like that. It seems like food security has, does have a more international component just because that's a term of art that's commonly used in international relations. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about living wage in the context of, you know, uh, like rights canons that countries do or do not adopt. But I don't think there's much, you know, no one's in, no one's going to, no one's invading another country so that they guarantee a living wage. Yeah, true. So mm-hmm. it seems, it seems like a, it seems like a sort of domestic topic more than an international mm-hmm. one, I guess. I don't, my fear might be that these two topics, um, well, might cancel each other out or something. You know, it's like having two people yeah. from the same movie nominated for the Academy Award for the yeah, same that's thing, true. you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I agree that they're different, but they're also this, you know, and to a great extent, you know, are drawing on the same kind of thinking. And, right. Um, but I like them both. I absolutely like them both. Um, yeah, yeah I, I do too. I like especially about living wage that we get, uh, you know, th- there's a good debate on this and there's some good, interesting economics lit the kids can get into, which we sometimes have an opportunity to, but sometimes not. Uh, I go back and forth on this. This is one of those things where like, as a person with a law degree, I always think that the law literature is going to be too dense. I'm sure economists would think that the literature <laughs> on this living wage would be too dense, but um, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like the idea of getting into some of these economics arguments is as sort of the the practical implementation side to sit alongside you know Rawls and Nozick it's at all um, in the in terms of the political theory side. I mean, I do feel obligated to read uh, Piketty's capitalism book. But not so obligated yeah. that I've actually read it, if you know what I mean. No, I know. No, it's a slightly daunting <laughs> task. But, I mean, I've, I mean I've, been, I've been reading all about it, and I've been reading critiques of it and everything else. And so it's, you know, yeah. it's just like, okay, am I really going to, eh, you know, maybe I'll get the that, audio book or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, well, there is, but there is an advantage to that in that there's lots of, there's a fair amount of scholarship that's in response to that that's accessible now that would be that's relatively mm-hmm. current you know so yeah. you can read about it in the new york times and the economist and you know and get at those eh, you know not quite econ journals but mm-hmm. you know decent uh source material that's accessible to uh you know high school students so that's yeah. an advantage too yeah and i think that both of those are good time to- I, I, I don't know if i'd want them both in the same season though i think that would be Hmm. I don't know. I, I do like, um, uh, I would just love to have an international topic, which we've had very little of recently. Yeah. And 
aside from the women's rights topic, which you know we'll see whether we get to that because it's at the bottom of the list. But the food security one is the only other topic that plausibly has an international component. And so I would like to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having them both. Uh, the only well, part of having two, I mean, let's face it, we have a September, October topic. We have the November, December topic. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other topic. Yeah. So we only have three topics yeah. for all practical purposes. Right. So, um, right. Until nationals. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, we this should is, have two. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an idea that Mike Beats has floated, which I think is yeah. a correct one, that we should just, in LD, have a first semester topic and a second semester topic, and then nationals. I, I used to disagree with that. Uh, but now that I've been doing PF, where I get a new topic every month, and I'm very happy to have a new topic every month, I think to myself, yeah. well, we have an activity that has a new topic every month. And so why doesn't yeah. this one have? Um, yeah, I, I would be more in favor of that than, than I used to be. You know, just yeah. having changed. Well, especially, and this is another one of those, you know, maybe maybe the circuit is much different than everyone else's experience. But, you know, you have to be, Shane Stafford says you have to be prepped as much on the LD topic as you do on the policy topic. But you've got four LD topics a year, you know, yeah. I mean, so it's it, it gets to be a little bit unreasonable. So if we're concerned about workload and stuff like that, I think it just makes more sense to have two. It's funny. We were at Lexington. And uh, they were very pressed for space. And yeah. so they, at the, as the tournament progressed, uh, they, they start Lincoln-Douglas, and then they, the policy starts on Saturday. So they had to put some melody, point being they had to put some LD rounds into the library where we were doing the tabbing. But they only mm-hmm. put in the LD rounds that were like the 05 rounds. Yeah, right. And so I'm surrounded by these people who are talking slower than we are tapping. If you know, like, where did these people come from? No wonder they're oh four. I mean, they're putting me to sleep, and I'm not even listening to them. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, you, I mean, I'm I've lost my ability to do, uh, you know, a speed that normal, what is now normal LD speed. Um, PF speed nowadays is what LD speed used to be for all practical purposes. Right. But there are people yeah. out there that aren't they aren't speeding up at all, and they're going 05. <laughs> <laughs> so they are. Still That's there. right. Well, you gotta admire. There's a certain sort of, you know, throwing your, you know, throwing yourself into the wolves about that. I guess there's a yeah. nobility about it. I guess. I mean, I'm, I have a lot of feelings about the way debate works and things like that, but. I just love people debating. So whatever they're happy doing, let them be happy. You're here. Yeah. So anyhow, then here's the next one. Now, if this one is not the January topic, I would be shocked. Justice oh, requires reparations to black Americans. Oh, yeah. Well, this is an interesting one. I don't um, – there was uh, – now I should have looked up in prep – where I fully prepared, I would have looked up the uh, – the article recently that got uh, a lot of discussion going on this uh, subject. In yeah, in the, in, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very interesting topic. I, I feel a couple of, I'm again on the fence about it. I would love to debate it. It's one of those topics where I feel like there would be a lot of uh, inadvertent and, uh, you know, maybe too much vertent racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can make the space, you know, that can make debate, uh, you know, hostile to, uh, I, you know, both you know students of color and then you know uh, other folks who just don't like to hear, you know, yeah, adolescents is... spewing racism every round, which seems reasonable. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you always worry about shying away from a topic because it's controversial. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. We had the same. I don't want to 
you know, suggest that the situa- that the topics are exactly analogous, but a similar dynamic um, happened with the domestic violence topic a few uh, mm-hmm. was it a couple of years ago now, where uh, you know the nature of the argumentation had the potential to um, you know make some de- debaters uncomfortable or right. feel unsafe or whatever, and so um, there are those components um, yeah, going I mean, on here. That. But it's a, yeah, I mean my. The thing is, there's so much debating about racism going on, about topics yes. that have nothing to do with racism. At least that's really true. You know, why don't we have a topic that is about racism, so the people that want to, to debate this subject can actually debate the subject on a topic that is about the subject. I mean, it's you know, so to right. me, that's a natural thing. We, I'm, I've, I've not been involved in debates about racism or anything like that, but we had a discussion at, uh, and we had some offline discussions. I don't know if you were on this. Uh, List server that we had debate coaches talking about stuff, and there was a lot of stuff yeah, about was, discrimination yeah. and so forth. And then we had a yeah. discussion uh, session at the NDCA. Yeah, at, at the NDCA, right? And um, I mean, part of the the thing is, and I know with my own students, there's a educational need here. You know, I mean, I'm, right. the, the, yeah, to, I agree. To get across this content, I question whether debating about it is the best way to do it. But on the other hand, we got debate and use what you got. You use the tools that right. are at hand. So I can, I, it's one of these things where I can see both sides of the situation. Um, but I mean, just even removing that, I mean, the reparations, um, to me, it's just an interesting subject. Uh, and you know, it's, it, it, it is, that article yeah. in the Atlantic. I love that article in the Atlantic. It made great uh, points, and all the rebuttals to the arguments were great. Um, yeah, you know, you also really lots this, of great lit. Yeah, so there's a lot of literature out there. It's a real uh, issue. Even if we may never have reparations, maybe we would. I don't know. But I mean, to me, it seems right. like sort of unlikely. Well, it's it's but, happened. I mean, not to uh, victims of Japanese internment, right? Mm. Um, although that's obviously on a much smaller scale, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, I think that I think that there is more. I think that there is enough opportunity for really meaningful education here that um, it justifies whatever uh, you know, con, you know, the concerns people have about the you know. Yeah, I would think that most of the, the edu- most like of what that. we're going to do. We're going to talk about this. We're going to read about this. We're going to write cases and all this kind of stuff. And you guys spend a lot of time in that. Of the 100% of time that's going to be spent on this topic, 25% will be spent in rounds at most. 75% is going to be educational and learning, yeah. and I think that's a good thing. So I have a feeling this either it's not going to be voted, it's just not going to make it at all because people are uh, wary of it, or it's going to be like the yeah. the January-February topic. It's, I think it's one of the two. Hey. I'd be, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, the 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 um there are lots of you know debates about the um the, you know the use of uh, various forms of critical literature and and you know so-called race debates all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think that the um, best arguments that folks who uh, deploy those arguments make is just that we need to open up. Uh, Aaron Timmons always uses the phrase, you know, go to the other side of the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in LD in particular, it's just. It, it, you know, the pendulum sort of swings between more sort of critical philosophies and more sort of analytical and, and you know, rationalistic philosophies. And it seems like this is a good avenue, like you're saying, f- to open up the other side of the library a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, they, Aaron had recommended a book, um, the the racial contract. I think it's called by Charles Mills. And yeah, I love this book. <laughs> this is one of the oh, books. Really? I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet. Well, this is one of the best books I've read in a long time because it's one of these books where he talks about something and you say, Oh yeah, but what about this? And then the next sentence is that. You know, it's like, Oh, he's really right. with me here. He's like really you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's history. I mean just forget it. It's not sure. any it's, it's history. It's fascinating history. And the trouble is, you know, I live my I learned my history and lived my history from those teachers that I had in that very narrow thing. And this just broadens the scope. So so I right. love the idea of broadening the scope for the students to see, well, look, right. you know, you're, you know, I got a very white team and it's like, you know, okay, guys, well, mm-hmm. you know, there's other people in the world. So it'll right. be interesting to see and if it, this one gets taken. Yeah. I mean, it will be one of those things where, I mean, if the topic gets selected, you would just hope that uh, educators are engaged enough to have very serious discussions um, so just to work on how do we talk about these issues in a way that's mm-hmm. respectful, that's open, that's, you know, that that uh, per, that's not that avoids making uh, any, you know, avoids making debate, you know, more hostile than it needs to be. I mean, I think yeah. it's a good opportunity for us to just learn how to talk about this. I mean, yeah. frankly, it's the thing that you hear most often from, uh, you know, conservative voices on race debates is just, we don't know how to talk about this. Everything is offensive to, you know, someone tell us what the rules are. Um, you know, th- those are, uh, I think that it's, therefore important to have avenues to just teach people how to talk about this stuff, you know, without, you know, sort of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, putting your head in the sand. Yeah. I have a, we have a league here, uh, Metro Hudson league. That's an educational league and I can do educational modules. Instead of having a round, we can have a talk. We've done that in the past. You know, we can have, you know, somebody come and talk about privilege and things like that. We can do that kind of stuff to set up the younger kids. Anyhow. So I look forward to it. If that happens to take advantage of some of those opportunities. Anyhow. Also, yeah, there's also just, even if you, you know, setting aside the issue of, you know, how much sort of critical race theory and, and, and you know, sort of analogous um, philosophical schools you're going to get into, there's also a very, uh, you know, interesting just sort of, I guess you would call them more traditional philosophical questions that underlie the question too, just about vicarious responsibility and what do, you know, what do societies owe to groups that have been wronged in the past, right? What do, you know, for this question comes up in the context of how much sovereignty to uh, allow Native American reservations and things like that, right? There's this, how does a society deal with the wrongs of its past? And so that's, you know, uh, even setting aside the, the sort of, the more sort of, I guess, cutting edge critical stuff, there's also just uh, that interesting philosophical question as well. Yeah. Now, I think there's got a lot of depth that uh, would be interesting to do. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Yes. Justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. We've already taken up half the thing. Justices of yeah. the Supreme Court of the United States should be subject to term limits. Yeah, I'm already asleep by the end of your reading of it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 this might be another situation where, you know, uh, having a law background make this seems more boring than it would be to most people. But, I mean... So, I mean, people are going to be cutting evidence from, like, the Federalist Papers. I mean, I can't – it just seems un- uninteresting to me. I, I guess I could have this discussion for about, you know, 10 minutes over dinner or something like that. But for two months, you know, get the get the coffee. I mean, it's one of these things where I have 
absolutely no opinion, nor am I interested. In, I, I do have an opinion. It's like, there's, I mean, yeah. Scalia should be subject to term limits. But, um, you know, Ginsburg, yeah. I think, should be there forever. I mean, yeah, so this is a yeah. very easy topic on that level. But, yeah. I mean, when I think about it, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is about except – whether well it's only about itself you know what i mean or i think it's gonna mirror um it's gonna mirror a little bit um you know uh, i think it's gonna mirror a liberal conservative debate about conservatives saying that uh judges are overstepping their bounds and legislating from the bench and one way to um make that less of a problem is to subject them to term limits because you get to appoint them more often or something like that. And then the liberal side is getting, and then, you know, I, what I'm, you know, I'm doing air quotations about the liberal side um, is going to talk about the independence of the judiciary. And you don't want, you know, the whole point is that you don't want them to be subject to, you know, constant legislative sanctions. So I think that that's the core of the debate. And it's, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not a self-evident one. I mean, I'll say that I don't think it's obvious one way or the other because no, not there, are, you know, there are judges in different states that have term limits and some that aren't. And um, this was debated thoroughly at the Constitutional Convention. You know, so if you're looking forward to reading pages and pages of James Madison, <laughs> then this is the topic to to vote for, I guess. But I've always um, maintained that after John Jay stopped writing Federalist Papers, they got very boring. So. I'm just yeah, saying. I I agree. It's kind of like it's kind of like Wayne's World too. Like, well, there the must top. be an audio book yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh God, you mad? Do how many trees you're going to run into? Yeah, there the must, there must be. In the car. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't see this one getting. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I voted. can see it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I if we either. had to, I we could do it. It's not dreadful, terrible, terrible, but it would be. No, I could do it for a couple of months, but yeah. Yeah. At Paris, I thought it gets to be changed. Anyway. Anyhow, the next one is funny. Sin taxes are just. <laughs> no. Um, at first, I saw some comments on this. Yeah. There was like commentary saying that if we talk about sin, we're immediately making cultural distinctions, and I just wanted to kill myself. I mean, it's like, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. I know what sin yeah, taxes are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. And it's a it's a term of art. If someone wants to critique it, maybe it's an interesting Maybe that's an interesting K debate. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting topic area. Oh, I, I think, think it's, it's a great good topic. way. Uh, and another, the yeah. real topic I, th- I think is fun. Because, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a term of art. So I don't think that there'll be too much, too many I shenanigans on, on the <laughs> definitions debate. And then uh, mm-hmm. it's, it gets a just sort of the classic LD uh, conflict scenarios that we you know read a lot about, which is just like it's the old you know it, can society legislate for someone's own good and stuff like that, and then there are lots of practical mm-hmm. questions too about just you know you know do we make do we make cigarette smokers pay you know for their own health care and stuff like that? I mean, uh, you know, what's the impact? Are the taxes do the taxes have a disproportionate impact on the poor? I mean, I just think there are lots of good policy issues here, and lots of interesting philosophical issues. So, and it's got you know, it's four words long. I love so, four words. You know, I don't think I've ever that. seen anything like this one. This was new. This no, military conscription new. is unjust. Which was a few years ago, same yeah. length, but yeah, I mean, pithy, interesting. Uh, gets at stuff that I think everybody can be interested in. I really kind of like it. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw this one, and I really liked it until I saw the, the, that discussion. Oh, my God. But, I mean, you're right. That'll go away. No one's really uh, I know. Um, 
Although, well, I was so I was surprised. I saw the same thing where people immediately jumped on that phrase syntaxes, and there is a term of art that's much more clumsy. But I just I think syntaxes. People yeah, I know what, what they the are. Other, There's definitions. What is the other? You know, I, I think it's fine. What's the other term of art other than it's not? It's um, I know I, I as I was looking at syntax, I saw it. Let's see here. But I don't know. Well, Anyhow, but uh, it would have been better, I think, yeah. to have the other. Term. I better look here. We can, we we. If you look up syntaxes, it'll come. Oh, up. but it's so it's it's so clunky. Let me see. Let me see if I'm going to look it up here. It's the 21st century. We don't have to dwell in ignorance, I guess. Except uh, I'm my connection is, is so slow because I'm skyping. Life is so simple but, uh, now. You just well, we'll figure it out. Google and there you are. I like it. I think of it as three words: syntaxes. Okay. okay. Well, I'm an editor. Syntaxes are just. Why? I think that I think I think using any other program kills me. Anyhow, yeah, you can't do too many things at the same yeah. time. Don't get carried away. <laughs> um, okay, we got yeah. two more or here, more. and I think we're going to go through one of them re- yeah, relatively yeah. quick. Maybe not. Because to me, the right to be forgotten from internet searches ought to be okay. a civil right. Sounds good. Somebody read so, the paper that. Oh, movie, are, are you still there? They, they shouldn't have. I mean, this this to me is. Um, first Hello? of all, I've been following it in Europe, and. Um, oh, sorry, I, I I cut out there for a second. I'm just back now. Oh, anyway, uh, follow, I mean, I followed this one because it came in at the you know the European courts passed this thing. Like Google yeah. could do this, and, um, and 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 the immediate thing is internet searches aren't the issue. It's the fact that the stuff is published in the first place, um, and. The right to be forgotten is just to be yeah. totally uninteresting or unimportant. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm this. Oh, really? See, now, now I'm on the, I'm on the other side on this one. I, I actually really like this topic. Really? Because, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an area that we don't get enough, which is, it's a free speech topic. I think. I think it's a topic about free speech versus privacy, which comes up in other contexts, like, you know, can you televise? Can you televise court proceedings and stuff like that? But it seems to me that, you know, Google is engaging or Google or whomever, right, is engaging in some form of expression. All they're doing is providing something that someone else has written, right? And there's already a right to, you know, sue the person who wrote something libelous or something like that. Um, so it's this interesting, but then there's this privacy concern, right? Don't people have a right to move on? Or what about people who put, you know, false or misleading or information that casts someone in a bad light over time? So it's an interesting problem of, of, I think it's interesting to say, uh, it's a, it's a problem of free speech in the internet age, right? What do we do about the fact that free speech can be used in these terrible ways and it will never go away, you know? Um, so I actually think that that's a, a timely uh, consideration. So I just think of, I'm, I keep looking at it from a technological point of view, and it, yeah. it's in, in, it's in, it's not achievable. You know, at the, at the really? point where it's not achievable, it, it can't be a civil right. Yeah. So uh, I suppose that's true. I mean, wouldn't the right to be forgotten manifest itself? I would think it would manifest itself in this way: that there is X Y Z document which some court has ruled is libelous or somehow, you know, is a form of expression that we can legitimately censor, um, 
for that reason, right? And then the subsequent, the right to be forgotten part would be the part where you can say, okay, Google, here's this, you know, here's this sort of, you know, here's this document that certifies that this thing that comes up on your search engine shouldn't come up on, you know, is, is libelous. So take it down, you know, but in that, other but words. The, yeah, but you're talking about a situation where you actually have, um, you know, a legal infringement in the first place. Whereas the right to be forgotten, if I just go, right. if there's a picture of me drinking and, you know, I'm a kid and I want to get a job later on, I, I said, well, I have the right to take that picture yeah. away and things like that. Now, now, maybe that's an interesting thing to have. But as a civil right, I mean, it's like, and the and the other thing, I mean, is, is searching. I mean, I have to go to, I have to, you know, it's it's not the, the search engine. I mean, haven't we already decided the search engines yeah. are really responsible for their you know what you searched kind of yeah you can't hold them account. but i think that's the, the internet I, servers responsible so yeah but i, I do I, think that's an open question i i agree with you that the the practical implementation of it becomes harder when it's just embarrassing um mm-hmm. and you know if whether that's my you know my uh but if it's you know, my if, posts from ldebate.org or you know <laughs> i mean I, I guess i don't know what the scope of it is a term of art right to be forgotten and mm-hmm. i guess i don't know what the scope of it is that would be i guess an interesting topicality debate wouldn't it about whether the right to be forgotten includes just stuff you 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 elect i mean obviously it seems to me obvious that you couldn't just force google to take down anything about you right i mean mm-hmm. so i guess it seems like there has to be some adjudication that a particular piece of information or a particular hit is, uh, you know, meets some set of criteria that, you know, makes it so beyond whatever the boundary is, beyond the pale of offensive or harmful to privacy or whatever, that it, uh, you know, we could justify scrubbing it from the internet or scrubbing it, it from ha- Google. It would have to be pretty extreme yeah. and not necessarily illegal. So, I mean, so like saying, you know, um, you committed a crime in the past yeah. and, you know, do, do, do we, and, and, or were accused of a crime or something like that? I guess because the case is the case, the actual case in the Google case was someone who had been accused of a crime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. And, you know, and it had been years ago. Yeah, you know, so I forget all the details of it, or maybe they've committed. And maybe had been exonerated or something. Yeah. yeah, but whatever it was, it was just old news was done. Yeah, and they were exonerated, and it was over. And but every time you searched, it was like the number one result, uh, because yeah. that was where you know there'd been a lot of back in the day. You know, so guys said, you know, I don't want to be there for that. So it's like, you know, that's about yeah. you know in that case, yeah. I could, then it's like interesting in that particular kind of case. But if they have in fact committed a crime or something like that or then um no if if the if this if it points to content that itself is illegal no of course they sh- we shouldn't be able to search that we shouldn't have access to you know the internet searches oh i don't know about stuff. that if I if something is libelous i yeah I, I don't know i mean i'm uh i think that the remedy i mean here i'll just say it as a plausible argument would be the remedy is not to censor the speech, but it's a civil, you know, monetary remedy um, that you would do, for, you know, that you would have for any, you know, in any mm-hmm. civil case. Um, and I guess the person shouldn't be allowed. Eh, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? You would say you would. I guess you could f- foresee a situation where a person making a libelous or defamatory statement would be forced to stop 
publishing it themselves. But if it then exists, you know, in the, you know, in the deep internet or whatever, uh, for time immemorial, um, it seems funny to make search engines stop pulling it up at that point. Still. I mean, it seems I like mean, once I, something I, is printed, the fact that we're talking I, about I, this <laughs> makes me wonder, maybe it is more interesting than I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, there may be more yeah, to it. I, I just, uh, I just think it's it's a novel, interesting sort of thing. I mean, I will say that one legitimate concern that has been raised is that there's not enough topic lit on it yet because it's so new. I think that by the time it gets debated, that 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 there'll be sort of the first round or two of law review articles on it, which will um, be okay. Um, but it's not American, and, so you know, well, not yet. But, but so, I mean, uh, will there be that much literature? Um, on something that was in, well, guess, but the topic's not right? U.S. specific mm-hmm. either. So yeah, I guess um, it's true. It can't be. Yeah, it's the internet, it's the World Wide Web, not the American <laughs> Web. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'd rather be wrong. I'd rather have all the topics be great, debatable topics. I mean, so we right, shall see. I mean, right. a lot of people might take to the this technological question is new. interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and people like technology topics, but. Um, the other interesting issue, I just don't know this from a technical point of view. It seems easier in a world where we just imagine that Google is the search engine. But, you know, got, there have to be, I don't know, I mean, there, there have got to be hundreds and hundreds of search engines that exist, and in potentia, many more. I mean, there's, there's you know, no reason to believe that there will be one, you know, over, you know, highly dominant search engine forever and for a long time there wasn't i mean you you remember the days when uh oh, I, you know it was I there were five different ones month. that people used <laughs> yeah exactly so that becomes sticky i mean so so now there's some piece of information that you want to scrub from the internet i see what you're saying good luck i mean how how do you you know how are you going to get it everywhere it could possibly be if it's a news story or something that's been picked up you know by various news outlets and bloggers and websites and and you, you know I mean, to scrub it from the face of the internet how do you how do you do it an internet search um, would include if I just search for something on Facebook you know so um, yeah know, and it's you know you're you're going even just beyond search engines because Facebook is just a dumping ground. Um, Twitter is yeah. a dumping ground, you know, so it's, it's, you know, and it, it, you know, it's not search engines per se, it's just internet searches. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways I can find stuff and to get, um, who enforces this civil right? Uh, you know, right. what government is, is guaranteeing? What is the, uh, yeah. civitas? Well, I think uh, you just have to, I think that you have to file, I think that there just is a law that, uh, Companies, upon presentation of the appropriate documentation, have to remove any links to XYZ documents. You would think it would be the burden of the person asking for a site to be taken down to give the specific site, you know, have a have a have a URL and a specific site to take down. I mean, but again, these are the practicality questions. I mean, you can't just say uh, Google don't turn up any results that have anything to do with my arrest in 1993. I mean, <laughs> that's what is you, Google supposed to do about that? Comb the whole internet for any search that could possibly relate to that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I is, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, well, maybe it's like I said, we're talking about it. 
Maybe it's more interesting than I originally thought. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. We shall see if it comes out. Yeah. Okay, we're up to the last one. Yeah. We did pretty good here. Perfect. Um, and our timing yeah, is good because I wanted to get it done in about an hour, and I think we're right on target. Uh, United States foreign policy. Oh, this one is so long. United States foreign policy yeah. ought to value women's rights over the pursuit of its economic interests when the two conflict. I mean, it's it's a clear. It's got a lot of words, but it's certainly clear. Um, I actually like this topic. I just don't like how long it is. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not overly enthused about it. My first reaction is not overly enthusiastic about it. I'm I'm less. I I like less and less these topics that are comparisons between two things because it forces. You know, a primary it it kills the sort of case, link level case debate where a lot of people will be making arguments like actually promoting women's rights is is in fact in furtherance of our economic interests or vice versa. And then you get these weird questions about, well, has your argument just meant that the conflict area you're talking about is outside the scope of the topic because they're not in conflict in that s- situation? I just think you shouldn't have to look at advantages at the case debate to decide whether an argument is topical or not. So I don't I really don't like these the way that these mm-hmm. comparison topics are constructed. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. There is no question that you go and you never really argue anything except the words, you know. The, right. And, and, and I, I just don't I'm I'm just trying to think of conflict scenarios. I guess it's about trading with I guess the primary ones are trading with countries that uh, treat women badly, right? So yeah. should we buy oil from Saudi Arabia even though women are, you know, oppressed there disastrously, things like that. Um I can see that is an interesting topic area. Um, it's it's sort of the it's a spe, it's a more specific version of the like should China join the WTO or be allowed to join the WTO that that debate. Um, so I do think that there's some interesting grounds there. I also like that it's an international topic, um, which we don't get of very much, and it speaks to. Uh, it, there's a lot of uh, feminism literature in international relations that we just we happen not to access very much, I guess, because we don't have foreign policy topics, you know, in general. So I do like those things uh, about it. I'm not sure how much how broad, you know, I don't know. Can you think of any other conflict scenarios in the one I suggested? I think you did pretty much nailed it because, I mean, I, when I look at it now, at the point where it's economic interests, I mean, that does limit it. You know, so right. it's, we're trading yeah. with Saudi Arabia. You're trading, you know, I mean, most of the countries that have this issue, we're, you know, maybe going to war with them or whatever, but we're right. not necessarily trading. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I it, think it's as it's it's one of those things where I think to myself, well, uh, economic interest is so broad, there are going to be confusing topicality debates about what that means. But then sort of with the other hand, I, I can imagine that this is as specific as it's going to get without without it being called a policy topic and people not voting for it for that reason. You know, I think this is as well as we're going to do to get at um, an issue like this. Um, so there's that. It's, of course, another topic where, you know, every individual case is very complicated and, you know, it's hard to provide an all, you know, an always answer, a yes, always or no, always. But I think it also know, becomes such sort of as an the anti- case in those yeah. topics. And, you know, if uh, this, you're, you're dropping out on me. Oh, nope, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it becomes an anti-what topic? Oh, I mean, an anti-Islam uh, topic. I mean, because I'm going to be talking only about countries that uh, are Yeah, Islamic. there is that component you know, of it. I mean, I can which, see that. 
is worrisome. I mean, it did it, it um, right. Eh. I mean, I don't know. I like I like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of having true. a women's rights topic, though. You know, I mean, um, just the yeah. Same way I mean, I and and, and I think. Topics. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think we just sort of have to put our grown-up pants on about that. I mean, certainly there are other countries and cultures in which. Uh, women face oppression and where women's rights questions come up. So I think that there are two parts of addressing that concern. If we, if we get this topic, one is just to make sure that we're, you know, we're, you know, we're looking for those other examples and not just zeroing in on women's rights, but also to acknowledge that this is a concern in that particular culture. And there's, you know, uh, or, you know, there's a reason for that. And so we should, you know, it's something that, uh, is worth talking about. And it also, it, you know, particularly it comes up in other cultures too, where there's, uh, you know, female circumcision practice or, yeah, um, uh, I can think of that or, you know, certainly, um, uh, like forced abortion issues in China. Right. Um, those sorts of things too. So, uh, you can probably get it. Also, it's interesting to know, this is about us foreign policy, of course, but there will also be sort of pot calling the kettle black arguments, right? Like, um, there'll be discussions about whether the U S is in a position to, you know, to talk about the rights of women and things like that with all the domestic policy discussion about war on women and, and things like that too. So there's also just interesting questions that don't zero in on a particular culture, but that say in general, is this the type of thing? Is this the type of right that we are going to talk about? Is this in the rights canons, right? What about um, the, you know, the United States doesn't have the same kind of equal pay protections that other countries have or the same kind of, um, maternal leave that other countries have um what you know so how what do we are we in a position to dictate to the rest of the world these types of policies and indeed should we you know get involved in rights treaties and things like that that would bind us to do things that are you know very unpopular or that you know maybe there are arguments against domestically too yeah there's there is some depth there i mean but I don't yeah. know. I kind of don't think it'll get picked. I think that people see economic interests and they get sort of, they think, for some reason, I think that people shy away from those kinds of economics topics. It's the same thing. I think this is of the taxes topics too, just that people think it's going to be boring um, and living wage. I don't know why we sort of, we. Th- this is just an instinct. I guess I don't have any, I, I guess I, I can't, uh, prove this, but it seems to me like people just put those in a box of boring economics topics um, when I would like to see more of those, but I do think that they, they suffer for that reason. Well, we have gone through ten topics. Hot dog. We do good work. <laughs> Look at that. And all are still with us. I, that not bad, I know. Ago. All of our, all of our compa- I know, well, all of our compatriots are having fun in Las Vegas at the leadership conference or at debate camps. So, you know, not bad for a couple of leftovers. <laughs> we do good work. Well, Adam, I really appreciate your, your being here. And yeah, thanks gonna, for having me, Jim. I think it was fun. Okay, I'm going to sign off now. And like I say, everybody, um, if you're interested in, in doing this with us in the future, uh, just uh, send me an email at jimmenick at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.